are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Turn, please, to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. In those three short verses is a wonderful center what we'll start to say this morning, and God will speak to our hearts, I trust. And the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, out of his innermost being. And this spake he of the Spirit, that which they that believe on him should receive, should in the future, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's read it again. And in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that, God make us thirst today. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake ye of the Spirit, that they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. We have some amazing incidents in the Bible. In Acts chapter 5, we'll find that uh, all such a great number of people converted. And uh, here they brought uh, the sick and the lame and demon-possessed and laid them by a certain path. Peter's walking down this way, a shadow fall on them, and they were healed. Amazing. Peter and John went up to the temple. It's the hour of prayer, a beautiful gate of the temple. There's a lame man, 40 years old, never walked a step. And he shucks his cup and hopes they'll give him a a quarter instead of a dime. And um, Peter said, look up here, fella. He said, I don't have silver and gold, but I've got what you need. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he got him to the right hand, and suddenly his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he lifted up, and he just stood up and leaped and walked and praised God. And the people ran together as he held Peter and John, beat him in the back, said, glory to God. And uh, uh, Peter preached, and a lot of people saved. Now, isn't that something wonderful that, what is that? Here Jesus said that the Christian who thirsts can be filled with the Spirit and out of his belly, out of his innermost being, a river of blessing, a fountain flowing all the time. So it, the scripture said. Will you consider some wonderful things illustrated here? First of all, uh, the Lord Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit who is to be within Christians. Now, in the Old Testament times, he was with Christians. Uh, you know, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, um, If you love me, keep my commandments. I'll pray the Father, and he'll send you another comforter, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but neither know him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, is with you now, and shall be in you after the resurrection of Jesus, he'll be in you. Uh, notice the Holy Spirit, uh, and here he said, uh, The Holy Ghost was not yet given, because of Christ was not yet glorified. Ah, a great time. When's that? When the blessed Holy Spirit shall not come down from heaven, but flow out from Christians' bodies. Headquarters not be in heaven, but headquarters in the bodies of men here on earth. And out of the Christians shall flow the river of blessing. That's a strange thing. I want you to notice that the indwelling did not begin. So many people thought, uh, that's when the Holy Ghost came down from heaven. No, the Holy Ghost was... uh, already in these Christians, and now he, the flood tide, covered them and filled them completely. When did that happen? When Jesus was glorified. When Jesus was glorified in Acts, John chapter 20, since John 
and the you know gospel each has some theme that follows through. And so in John chapter 19, the scripture says the same day at evening, day of the resurrection from the dead, that they, uh, when they were in the upper room, the doors were shut for fear of the Jews came, uh, Jesus came out uh, of them and showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord, they said, I thank God the tombs made, the blood been shed, it's all paid, thank God it's done. And so they were glad. But Jesus said, wait, there's more to be glad about. Peace be unto you again, Jesus said. He said, then he breathed on them and said, as my Father sent me, so send I you, receive you the Holy Ghost. And that day the Holy Spirit came in to dwell. Um, I'm not talking about indubitable power, that's another phase, and he'll talk about it later. And the power will come in a special way at Pentecost, but and the but the Holy Spirit moved in that day. Jesus had received the Holy Ghost, and they did. Uh, the Holy Spirit came in that day. Uh, there's more involved in that, but now remember, from now on this time, nobody ever needs to pray. A Holy Spirit come and live in my heart. He does. Somebody said, "Well, if you go to the picture show and places like that, well, the Holy Spirit of course, He won't go with you. Yes, He will. He'll go with you where you go." He may be grieved and hide in some inner chamber of your heart. You do not feel his presence. Like a woman I knew married to a wicked, drunken, lewd, blaspheming man, her heart grieved and grieved. And she said to me one time, oh, she said, pray for me. I, I sometimes want to pray to die. I pray God to give me grace. Well, sometimes the blessed Holy Spirit who lives there may be grieved and may not talk much and show himself much, but he lives now in the body of every Christian. That's right. So in 1 Corinthians 6, 15, and 6, 19, 20, What? Are you not your body as the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? And you're not your own, for your, um, but you're bought with a price. Wherefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within so in Romans chapter 8, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Every saved person has the Holy Spirit dwelling. When did that begin? There the resurrection. Not at Pentecost. Why do, you, why do you insist on that? Because you'd like to have that as a dispensational matter while everybody's going to hell and you don't care about it. No, you don't know anything about Pentecost unless you know about the endowment of power, a holy endowment of power to win souls. And that's what happened then. But now then, the Holy Spirit has moved in to dwell. But I want you to know more than that's involved. Uh, what's involved, the Lord says, just indwelling, that's not an end in itself. That's an end. Oh, that's a, a way to another end. That the Holy Spirit power will flow out like a river of blessing out of his belly. Not only to abide there, but out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out from every Christian there ought to flow out power, an abundance of power. Um, Charles G. Penny, I'm, I was greatly blessed by the life story of Penny. And Charles G. Penny, a young lawyer, got converted and got wonderfully filled or baptized of the Holy Ghost. And he went around preaching one day, went to a mill. The power of God was so on him. Went to a mill. And they had, um, in those days, a great big old horsepower instead of steam engine. A bunch of mules, and, uh, and they'd pull around and around and around and run a big wheel and a belt run here and run other machinery in the cotton mill. And a great bunch of girls working those mills and those machines. And when, uh, when Mr. Penny came into the room, a girl by him stopped and began to weep and shuddered and fell in a, in a heap, sobbing at the floor. And another stammered and began to weep. And the first thing you know, the work couldn't go on. And the manager said, Stop the mill! Stop the mill! Let that mother finish talk to us. 
Now, don't you think, do you think that's something unearthly and fanatical and Pentecostal and off-brand and extremist when the man of God sends the power of God so on him, whether before he says a word that people are, are stricken and convicted? Uh, it ought to soon by. That's what the Lord's talking about. That's what the Lord's talking about. I know there's been a whole lot of fanaticism. I know there's been some pretense and hypocrisy about it. That doesn't change it. I'm not going to throw away the blessed and jubilant power nor the command because somebody else has, has made a mockery of it. I'm not going to quit preaching baptism because somebody put it in there as a plan of salvation. I'm not going to pre quit preaching what the Lord said because somebody else has, has misused it. I tell you now, we ought to come back to the Bible plan that every Christian ought to have out of him, flowing out from him the flood tide of power all the time. And so that day when Jesus came and breathed on said, Receive the Holy Ghost, I is to move into your body. And he does. And now when the Holy Spirit convicts a sinner, and then when he leads the Holy Spirit, when the Word of God preached enough, and the Holy Spirit leads to a, a surrender, and so the Holy Spirit then works the miracle of regeneration, the Holy Spirit says, I'll just bring in my suitcase and hang up my clothes here. I'm going to live here. And so he's saved. Blessed truth. Oh, spread the tidings round wherever man is found, wherever human hearts and human woes abound. The comforters come and I live in. But that's not an end in itself. For Jesus said, receive the Holy Ghost. And then he said, as my Father sent me, even so send I you. That is, we're sent just like the Jesus. We're partners with Jesus. Paul said, I beseech you. In Christ said, I'm talking black Jesus would talk. I've got his authority. I'm telling his message. And Christ said, I beseech you. All right. So then here then, a Christian should have that river, that blood of water. Oh, God's power. How it ought to be. How it ought to be. I was in a revival campaign at Sherman, Texas years ago. A big Central Baptist church grew out of that meeting. And that, and I remember a great outdoor crowd and the song service on out the back meeting people. I came down an aisle. I stopped and put my hand on the shoulder of a man I'd never seen before there. And he had never, I, I don't know if he'd seen me. He looked up and suddenly began to weep and tremble and was saved. Don't you think there ought to be New Testament power in a Christian? You know, preachers ought to have something more than the world has. You know that? There ought to be something about you that somebody shuts up the blaspheming mouth and makes a fellow ashamed of his bottle or cigarette. There ought to be something about you that makes a fellow say, oh, I ought to get right. Hey, listen, the power of God ought to be unchristian. Now, was there something like that in Bible, Christian? Oh, yes, there was. Yes, there was. I read it because you'd rather read it. you see it in Acts chapter uh, chapter 5 in this case about Peter. How often this comes up, something like this in the case of Peter, in 5, 14, 16, and the believers were the more added unto the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch they brought forth the sick under the streets and laid them on beds and couches that the least a shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And they came, all came also multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing the sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Oh, my. Now, the people said, Peter will be passing down this path now, and the sun, well, let's put them so the shadow fall on them. The shadow is all they could see. I think was really, I think that Jesus, Peter was so surrounded, buried, baptized, covered with the Holy Spirit, that to be near him was to have the touch of God, and so the sick were healed. 
I do not think healing is all, but I don't want to rule that out. I think that God, uh, I, I'd like to just have whatever they had in Bible times. I'd just like to have what Jesus had and Peter and James and John Paul had, and I'd like to have that kind of manifestation. Uh, you say, well, these days God's a doctor. Yes, God usually uses human means, even in preaching the gospel, getting somebody saved. But God can do it without medicine sometimes. I can do it sometimes when the doctors and medicine and doctor and, and hospitals and treatments can't do it, you know. I one time, I called her home in Fort Worth, Texas. There's a woman home from the TB Hospital, Kerrville. She's there for two years. The government doesn't spend the money. She's wasted away from 140, 45 down to 90 pounds. She can only talk and whisper. Uh, the, the young husband, brokenhearted, the, the, the uh, he said, well, I can't keep the family. And the two boys been given to two of the relatives as soon as mother dies. And the home, he said, I can't, won't need it here and can't support it. And so um, sold the home to take effect when mother died. And the doctor said, would you rather die here? One more hemorrhage, you're gone. Or would you want to go home with your boy, and your boy, husband and your boys? And she said, I know. You've done all you can. Let me die at home. And they sent her home. And in some way, a good woman asked me to come and she she can said it, I come and laid my hands upon her head and prayed, and I went away. And you message your Stevens in a strange way. I came back three months from that, and I've been out revival services, and so two women. And others came by and shake hands, and Miss Kelly said, you remember Mrs. Uh, um, Duncan here? And I said, I'm sorry. Well, she said, you know her. And I said, I meet so many, you'll have to forgive me. I can't remember everybody. Well, she said, this is the woman you prayed for. This is Mrs. Duncan. And Mrs. Duncan weeping, and I weighed 140, handsome, healthy, and looking there, and she said, you know, it was two weeks before I got enough strength back to do all my own housework. <laughs> two, two years later, I saw her, no recurrence. Twenty-two years later, she wrote me, she was buyer for Belk's department store, Greenville, Texas. Thirty-odd years later, down to John Ramsey Church from Holding Hills in Fort Worth, and Miss Ellick from Fort Worth said, oh, you ought to have been here yesterday, Mrs. Duncan and I. Just, we just been out to uh, California to see the wonderful boys major in the army, and we're talking about you. I'm just saying I don't rule out that. Listen, somebody ought to have the power of God for what people need. Amen. Yes, that's right. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so Peter and John, here's a lame man. And uh, Peter and John said, I still have gold, have I none? Oh, you couldn't say that. You've got a new car over two years, and... Wall-to-wall -wall carpets and two bedrooms, three bedrooms and two baths and, and plenty of money for a vacation and riding high and so on. Maybe you couldn't say that, but Peter did. You can't maybe say the rest of it either, but I've got what you need. You, maybe you don't say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's it. So Peter was one day over at uh, Joppa. Joppa is the suburb of what's now Tel Aviv. And so um, here came word from over Lowe's. What's the matter, Lydia? Uh, what's the matter? They said Dorcas. Oh, she was the best woman. She made clothes for all the orphan children. She would help her to everybody. And she died. What are we going to do? They said, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to send for Simon Peter. So they sent about 18 miles away over Simon Peter. And he came and he went and they showed him here are the garments she made for me. These were made for my children here. And so Peter went in and shut the door. I think it's God's will for Christians sometimes die and go to heaven. I think sometimes God wants you to get right first. I think sometimes that God wants you to stay sick and show the glory of God. Paul didn't take away, God didn't take away Paul's thorn in the flesh, mind you. I don't say it's always God's will to heal the sick, 
But I think there are times when God would like some way to show his power and his compassion and love, but somebody ought to have the power of God. Amen. So, so it was Peter at an arm. The honors Ananias the fire, and they said, uh, makes me sick the way the apostles talk about Joseph. His name was Joseph. Uh, they called him Barnabas, so he's such a good man, son of consolation. And they said, uh, he sold all that property out there and gave the money, and they think he's a hot shot. And so, um, and I said to Sapphira's wife, said, let's sell that property we got, we'll give part of the money. <laughs> and we'll tell them that's all of it, and so they won't know the difference, and we get bragged on like Barnabas. So they sold the property and brought in some of the money, and <coughs> now uh, they said, we sold that property, given all the money to the Lord. And uh, Peter said, you didn't have to sell the property, and when it was yours, and you didn't have to give the money all to the Lord. But he said, you lied to the Holy Ghost, didn't you? You lied to God. And he said, the boys just read to wrap you up and take you out and bury you. So plop, you fell over and they wrapped him up and buried him. And about that time, uh, Sapphira came in and she, Peter said, did you be able to sell that property? Yeah, we sold the property and gave every penny of it to the Lord. You know, just like Barnabas and others. Well, Peter said, the boys just getting back from burying your husband. All right, boys, here she is. So she plopped over and fell dead and they wrapped her up and buried her too. I do not, I was glad Dr. Gray mentioned Oh, man, he turned over to the Lord. You know, some preacher ought to have the power of God. You know that? I can tell you of a time when a little insurrection happened in the church, and when the four men, good men, good men, but the church was going too slow. They wanted to borrow lots of money and didn't, didn't want poor common people's church so much. They wanted, and so on, so they kind of took the bits in their teeth and so on. One man walked into the bank one day, good man, and treasure of the church and fell over dead and heart attack. Another man, they rushed to the hospital, he died in two days, they never knew what was the matter with him. Another man, strange thing, man had uh, eight children, they drafted him in the Air Force, had eight children, and they started to move him on an airplane from Mineral Wells down to Houston, Texas, and the airplane fell and killed him. And another man died suddenly, and the Lord wiped that out. I'm only saying somebody ought to be the kind of man, God, shows the power of God and the glory of God. Don't you think so? Well, Peter. Well, wait a minute. Not only Peter, but there's others. There's Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle preached at Troas and preached on till midnight. <laughs> he loved to preach. And then a young fellow on the third floor, on uh, the third story, he fell out of a window, dozed and dozed, and finally fell over him, fell out and killed him. Paul brought him back to life. I wouldn't preach that long unless you got the power to bring him back to life. Uh, 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 but, but don't you think, don't you think the people of God would feel like that preacher? I'll sure listen to him. What he says is bound to be from God. Don't you think so? Yeah. Oh, yes. And there, there's Paul. A strange thing over in the book of, and uh, in First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14, Paul says to Timothy, I want to remind you of something, lad. He says here, Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on the hands of the presbytery. And Paul himself must have been a part of that because that young fellow was ordained in First Second Timothy 1, 6. He says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance uh, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. I want you to remember, we have ordination services. I'm sorry, sometimes it's a form of godliness without the power. Oh, we recommend them. That's fine. That don't make a preacher. That doesn't make a preacher. 
In Bible times, they meant to fast and pray like they did when God said, Send Barnabas and Saul. A group of them were fasting and praying, and the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, the work whereunto I've called him. Acts 13. And they fasted and prayed some more, and then they laid their hands on them. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia. O preachers in God's name, when we have an ordination, some man is called of God to preach. Why don't we wait and pray, and when we put holy hands upon the head of a man, how would it be so they were sent forth by the Holy Ghost from that time? So it ought to be. Think so? You remember when Samuel poured the anointing oil on the head of David, and the Scripture said the Spirit of God was with him from that time forward. Now, I'd like for us to have the power of New Testament Christianity, not just the orthodoxy alone. I have some fear about, I'm, I praise the Lord, the wonderful things happening among fundamental churches and the New churches started in the blessing of God. In 1965, we can find only uh, 20 churches in America that baptized as many as um, 200 converts. Now, I recently published a list about 90 churches baptized that many, and there at least that many more that I didn't have the addresses, and 17 churches that baptized over 500 converts in a year's time. God doing some wonderful things. Oh, but I'm so afraid we'll just get lots of people and get lots of people and have lots of hoop it up and have lots of gadgets and gimmicks and so on and build our buildings and have the crowd. But I tell you, if we don't go back to making good Christians with the mighty power of God, this country is rotting at the core and you don't have enough to fix it. And Sodom is about to be destroyed with fire and brimstone from God. You can't get the power to uh, shut off the, that and, and, and change cities. Uh, out of his bed shall flow rivers of living water. Others in the Bible, oh yes, there was Moses. There was Moses in uh, many instances. But I remember when one time he said, Lord, these rebels, uh, let the people know. Let, don't let them die the death of ordinary men. If, they're, uh, if you're against these, Lord, then let the earth just open up. He ordered fellow, get away from that place. Get away. They did. And said, Lord, open up and let them go down alive to the pit. And they did. Now, I don't know that that's going to be, that wouldn't need very often for anybody. But I say it ought to be that some man could have the power and authority of God in every situation. There was Elijah. How the power of God was on Elijah. Elijah... Uh, he went and prayed and said, Lord, this wickedness is wickedness. Lord, what will we do? Lord, stop up heaven. Lord, stop it. So the Lord said, all right. Be neither rain nor dew for three and a half years. Here's the key to heaven. You can run the whole business. Won't be any more till you say so. And after a long time, the Lord said, I'm ready to bless. He came back, all Ahab, and they got out some handbills and got the crowd on the side of Mount Carmel there where Hype is now. And they put up the altars and Elijah prayed down the power of God and cut off the heads of those 400 prophets of Baal. Uh, if you, you don't like that part, do you? That may be why you don't have the first part. Amen. You don't like making people mad. You don't want Jezebel after you, do you? No, you, you don't want to. That's a bloody business, cutting off the heads of 400 prophets of Baal and so on. Yeah, so that's maybe why the Lord don't send the rain when you ask it either, another fire from heaven. But Elijah, the power of God, or the power of God. So, but during that drought of... Elijah said, no, the Lord said, drought, but uh, I need mud. Nobody's going to take me in. The Lord said, you come out of your little brook that flows into the Jordan River, and I'll feed you there. So there's then ravens, and they brought him bread and, and meat every day. And then the brook dried up after the drought got so severe. 
For it's in their mind, go up to Zarepta, that's up by Tyre and Sidon, and what's now Lebanon. And said, now, I've commanded with a woman to feed you. <coughs> he went up there, lady out, getting sick. He said, lady, will you bring me a drink of water? And she said, yes. He said, well, when you come, will you bring me a little cake? Uh, she said, uh, I'll tell you the truth. She said, I'm just a handful of meal. That's all. Famine. Oh, it's terrible. And there's no money to buy with, nothing to buy if I had the money. And I'm going to cook that little cake, and my boy and I, we're going to die. That's all we've got now. He said, all right, cook your little cake, but cook me one first. And the Lord, the barrel of meal will not fail. And so she did. And sure enough, well, there's enough meal and enough oil. <laughs> so she cooked some more. Next morning, there's plenty for breakfast, and then there for dinner. And right along with the famine lasted, there's plenty. Always more in that barrel, more. Listen, boy, if I had a famine on, I'd sure like that preacher living in my house. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Wouldn't you? I don't take it. I don't take it as a joke. I don't laugh at all. When some good people that hadn't ridden on a plane, and I take a group every year to Palestine, and some good people said, uh, I'll be safe with Brother Rice on a plane. I don't think so. I don't think about that. Except this ought to be some way, if God's in it for me to go along, maybe God ought to take care of me. And if, why shouldn't it be that be something everybody feel God's with that man? God will take care of us if we're with him. It ought to be so. Don't you think so? Yeah. I remember in Dallas, Texas, a convict contractor was saved. He came to me later and said, Brother Rice, I'm having trouble about quitting tobacco. He said, I know I ought to. He said, you know, the strangest thing, I come to church and I just get along for a day. He said, if I could see you every day, I could quit this business. That's a strange thing. Well, and I said, I thank you for that, but you don't have to see me. I'll tell you a way to get it done anyhow. I said, you... Uh, you just take me by mind, I'll pray for an hour, or half an hour to get along, I'll go and pray again, get some more. He said, I can do that. He said, I'm foreman. He said, I got a, I got a tool shed on the lot. He said, I'm going to watch my watch, and every hour on the hour, I'm going in there and pray for help. And he did, and got along fine. But I was so touched to think, and I think it's right, so it ought to be. He said, if I could be with you, I wouldn't have any temptation. I could stop it, this tobacco business. Well, don't you think there ought to be something to help people to do right when they need help? Amen. Oh, there, so it was Elijah. There was Elisha. Elisha, and he said, I'm going to be a preacher like Elijah. Elijah, the Lord said, I want you to know Elijah to be a prophet. So he came by and laid his mantle over the head of the... Oh, he's run a big plantation, 12 yoke of oxen, and the servants plowed, and he had one plow. And Elijah put his mantle over his head, and he said, Hey, wait a minute, stop the oxen. What's the matter? He said... Uh, yeah, kill the oxen. I'm going to offer a sacrifice. Take the flour and burn them up here. So on. And so, well, what about? He said, I'm going to be a prophet. And so he started out to follow Elijah. He, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poureth water on the hands of Elijah. And they went around with him. All the time he's taking notes and so on. And uh, uh, one day Elijah said, I'm going down to Gilgal. You stay here. He said, nothing to him. As the Lord our God liveth, and as our soul liveth, I'm going with you. Amen. And he went down there, and then he said, Well, um, um, the Lord told me to go down to Jericho. You stay here. He said, Nothing to him. This is all sure as you're alive. I'm going with you. And, uh, and well, uh, Elijah said, that I've got to go down to the Jordan River. He said, You stay here. And no, he said, As thy soul liveth, and as the Lord liveth, I'm going with you. I'm not going. Elijah said, Look here, what do you want? You, I, I, I'm going to heaven today. What do you want? I want a double portion of what you got. Amen. I wish a lot of people get to where they feel like that. You know, it would be a mighty good idea to some of you preachers if you'd pick out some man of God with the power on him and just hang around and, and uh, pour water on the hands of Elijah. 
uh, Billy Sunday went with uh, J. Wilbur Chapman and ran the book table and uh, set up the chairs and had men's meetings and did personal work. And then Wilbur Chapman got called back to Bethlehem Church in Philadelphia and he said, I must go back to that great church and so on. Billy Sunday said, what am I going to do? <laughs> and Chapman said, you will start out being the pastor. Well, I don't have any sermons. Yeah, I'll give you eight sermons, you said. And old Bill Sunday went out to the town highway and had a meeting and and for that's all the sermons they had for a little bit, and then that's nice, and first thing you know, here's gone. But he learned it fun and pay pouring water on the hands of Elijah Chapman. You know how Tari got his start? He ran around and waited on D.L. Moody. And had his clothes uh, had his garments cold cleaned and, and run his errands and got ads in the paper and rented auditorium and so on. Uh huh, why don't you say nothing in this world would be better than when somebody has the power of God on him and say, I'm going to follow and I'm going to have that. It'll be a bad business if the prophets die out and there's nobody to carry the mantle. Amen. Amen. be a bad business if Elijah dies and there's nobody in this wicked old nation, Israel, uh, take his place. So Elijah said, I'm going. Well, Elijah said, you um, want to ask a hard thing. You want, yeah, I know it's hard, but I'm going to have it. Well, if you see me when I'm taken up to heaven, you will. And so, went down to Jordan, Elisha pulled, pulled all the old mantle, and he walked the river Jordan, it opened up each wide, and Elisha said, make a note, that's the first thing I'm going to do myself. <laughs> he went over a little bit, and the uh, whirlwind and the chariot of fire came down and swooped down to get Elijah. I'll tell you the truth, I think Elisha got it by the wheel and said, you're not going anywhere till I get that mantle. All right, so threw the mantle down on him. He took off his old mantle and tore it pieces and put on the mantle of Elijah. Went back to the river Jordan and he said, Now where's the Lord God of Elijah? Wrapped up that mantle and whacked the river Jordan. And the river Jordan said, Good night, there's another one just like him. <laughs> Listen to me. There ought to be somebody out of this bed that shall pull rivers of living water. So do I. So... Uh, sons of the prophets said, well, let's move down to Jericho, down there, up in these hills in Sabaran, down there, palm trees, and there by the river, and so on. But the trouble is, the water is barren. Ah, that old alkali water, you can't drink the stuff. Elisha, Elisha said, all right, here's uh, this spring, uh, go get me some salt in the new cruise. They did, poured it in there. Go ahead and drink it now. Every time I go to Jericho, I've been there 10 to 12 times. Every time I go walk over there and look down on, it's still called Elisha's Fountain. It's still close water. It drinks wonderful. And they, it waters the city. It's still there, Elisha's Fountain. Wouldn't it be good if somebody ever, one who passing through the valley of Baca maketh a well? Oh, yes. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Does the scripture indicate the rest of us ought to have that kind of power? Yes, it does. In the first place, come back to it here. The scripture said, uh, if any man thirst, who? Just anybody. You mean the apostle? No, if any man. You mean preacher? No, just if any man. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth, who? Anybody believes on me. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly. As the scripture said, well, yes, he said, that's what we're talking about back in Joel chapter 2. That's what we're talking about in Isaiah 44, 3. I'll pour water on him that is thirsty, floods upon the dry ground, to pour my blessing on thy seed, my spirit upon thine offspring. So if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth in me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Uh, so it came to pass when? When Jesus rose from the dead, when Jesus is glorified, nobody will spit in his face anymore. 
Nobody else is driving nails through those poor, bruised hands. Nobody else is going to mock Jesus now. All right, so now what? So they came and breathed on him and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. But he said, Just receive it. That's not all. As my Father sent me, I'm sending you now. So not an end in itself, the indwelling of the Spirit, but a means to the end. Oh, the, the fountain flow. You know, a layman uh, there, impotent, laying there years and couldn't get in the water. An angel came down and they said and troubled the waters of the pool of Bethesda. And the first one got in, got healed. He said, nobody else for you. I can't get down there. And uh, so Jesus touched him and healed him. You say, you really believe that? I, I don't know. Why not? It looks to me like if Jesus could make some mud and put the fellow's eyes and make it so he can see it, it'd be all right for an angel to stir up the water and heal somebody too. I don't care. That's not too bad for me to believe. Yeah. Lord did better things than that. If Paul could send some uh, handkerchiefs out to somebody and they'd be healed of a shadow, Peter could do it. I don't care why God wouldn't. Oh, Lord, have such compassion on us poor, sick places, sinful, uh, distressed people. And so, uh, listen, we need an angel to stir the water. You got the water, you need to stir it up, don't you? Amen. Wouldn't it be good if an angel come and go to stirring the water around so anybody get in and get, and get healed? Your water, huh? You know, yes. You know, Elisha had uh, one day would have said to Elisha, what am I going to do? You know, my husband was the son of the prophet, and he went and got in debt, and that's too bad. And then he died, and he got this debt. And if I take my two boys and be bondmen, what am I going to do? Elisha said, what do you have in the house? He said, only a pot of oil. That's all, a little pot of oil. He said, go borrow vessels abroad. Borrow all your neighbors, not a few. And he did. And came, and came back and he said, now then, go and pour out on all those. Except the Lord. He said, well, God don't do miracles today. If he did, he wouldn't let trash like you see it. He's got that behind closed doors, somebody believes. And so shut the door. And he did. And poured out. And filled a vessel and filled a vessel and filled another. She hurry, get me another vessel. I will fill it. Not anymore. All full. And uh, now Elisha said, now. We'll pay you debt and live on the rest. You know, Christian ought to have something paid that debt to your lost boys. And you ought to have something to live on all the time, you know. But that oil wasn't any good until it started running. Just a little pot of oil in the pot, the oil in the pot isn't enough, but when it shows to flowing, boy, that's it. Wouldn't be good if God get the oil flowing. You have the pot of oil, don't you? See? Yeah. Wouldn't be good if God started it to multiplying. So that out of his belly should flow rivers of living water. A uh, scripture like that, yes. Uh, As my father sent me, so send I you. In John 15, John 17, verse 18, uh, Jesus said, hey, Father, that thou sent me into the world, so send I them into the world. We're sent like Jesus. In John chapter 8, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. In John chapter 9, he said, I, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Well, what are you going to do to Jesus when you're gone? Ha! <laughs> he said that in Matthew 6. He said, ye are the light of the world. Amen. This world's not left without light if Christians have it. You know that? You remember the children of Israel down in Egypt and the plague and blackness of midnight? But Israelites had light in their dwellings. Oh, this poor old dark world sure needs a light. You're the light of the world. And Jesus. And Dr. A.T. Pearson kind of felt bad, I guess, to think claiming so much. So he said, well, that means that Jesus is the true light and we're like the moon. We have no light. We just reflect it. How <laughs> you're mistaken, bud. Christ in me. Yeah, I got the light myself. Yeah. And my father sent me, so I'm sent just like Jesus. That's right. That's right. Listen, John 14, 12. 
He that believeth in me, the scripture said, What's that the work I do shall ye do also? And greater works than these shall ye do because I go to my Father. You mean I'm do the same work of Jesus? Yes. You mean I'm preached like Jesus? Yes. And you mean I get people in prayers answered like Jesus? Yes. And you mean I can get people saved like Jesus? You know, it's a wonderful thing. Nine people saved Sunday morning, another Sunday afternoon, another Sunday night. But if Jesus been there, got people saved, there wouldn't be any more saved than those that trusted while I preach. Amen. You know then? Yeah. Same. Yes, sir. Work I do shall you do also. Jesus is the light of the world, you and I are the light of the world. Well, you say, you know, I would sometimes laugh if some ignorant person says he so and so saved somebody. <laughs> Good Pharisee like you wouldn't say that, would you? Of course Paul did. Paul said, I'm all things to all means, and by all means I might save some. You mean Paul a savior too? Yeah, he and Jesus work together, they're joint saviors. Yeah. Last verse in the book of James, you remember that? Brethren, if one of you convert a sinner from the air of his ways, he shall save a soul from death. We're in the saving business. If you got in life, if you got the power. Acts chapter 1. Luke said, The former treatise vile written of I made oath the office all that Jesus began to do and teach. Jesus began? Didn't he go on it? No. He left us to do it. He went back to heaven. Now then, God has no way of saving sinners except as Christians take the message. See that? Oh, God, send it my time. I must not take more. You listen so kindly. Oh, but wouldn't it be wonderful if people just say, I'm going to have that power. I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. Feeding the 5,000, Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You feed them. They said, we don't have any. Well, take 300 denarius, our Roman money for a day's work, and 300 pence. We don't have that money. And just give a hamburger for each one, but uh, we don't have any money for that. What do you got? Five little barley biscuits and two small fishes, that's all. All right. Jesus said, you feed them. They didn't. So Jesus said, all right, I will. But he told them to. They could have. They could have. They didn't. Yeah. I remember when that demon-possessed boy, Jesus came down from Mount of Transfiguration with him, Peter and James and John. And there's a multitude and a commotion. Jesus said, what's going on? man said, it's my boy. My poor boy, the old devil throws him in the water and a fire and tried to kill him. And he talked and the devil possessed him. And I brought him to the disciples and they couldn't do anything. Uh, maybe you can't either, but Jesus said, you got the if in the wrong place. If thou canst can believe all things are possible in the brain, believe it. And he said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, Jesus said, how long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And he healed the boy and gave him to his father. Well, these other uh, apostles, they felt pretty bad. They came to Jesus and said, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? He said, because you're unbelief. Nevertheless, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. But they were supposed to have had it. He'd already sent them out to cast out devils. I'm tired of kind of Christians that can't cast out any devils and can't heal any sick people. You can get a few boys and girls from the Sunday school and in the, and in the uh, vacation Bible school saved, can't you? You can't get the drunkards and the harlots and the infidels and Catholics and Jews and homosexuals and hippies. You can't get that crowd saved, can you? Some bad, wrong kind of Christianity that isn't Bible kind, doesn't have Bible power. Amen. Um, wait a minute. How's this come? I'll pour water on him that is thirsty. Only that. Somebody said to me that, well, if the Lord wants you to win a soul, why don't you got to beg for it? Why just doesn't God give power anyway? Uh, he gives this only to thirsty people. You don't give scissors to the baby to play with. You don't put a 10-year-old out driving a car. No, you get ready for that. 
And God gives us the thirsty. I'll pour water on him that's thirsty. If any man thirsts, let him come. That's what they meant when those ten days they waited in the upper rooms before Pentecost and confessed their sins and cried and prayed. And first, uh, Acts 1, 14, these all continued with the one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, with Mary, the mother of Jesus, brethren, in prayer and supplication ten days. Yes, and fasting too, because Jesus said, when the bridegroom was taken away, my disciples will fast. Why all that? Because they were so thirsty, they said, we've got to have this. Now, there's Paul. He's been converted on the road to Damascus. He's going down for three days. He don't eat or drink. What's the matter, Paul? He's praying, Ananias. He's praying. What's he praying for? Wait till Ananias comes and lays his hands on him, said, Saul, receive thy sight. The Lord sent me that you might be filled with the Holy Ghost. He was thirsty. He was thirsty. John is Elisha. And he said, Elijah said, you stay here. I've got to go to Gilgal. I'm not staying here. Oh, well, as the Lord, sure as the Lord gives you a soul lives, I'm going with you. And then I've got to go down here. I'm going with you. No, you say, no, I'm going with you. I'm not staying here. The Lord told me to go to Jordan. You say, no, sir, I'm going with you. What do you want? I want just twice what you've got. By the way, Elisha, there are uh, eight major miracles Elijah performed, recorded. There are 16 major miracles Elisha uh, performed. You want a double portion? Won't you think God likes to have somebody to have twice as much? You think so? I'll tell you what, let's do. Um, listen, praying here, that's fine. That's not enough. Unless you get where this there heart cry my heart day and night. Oh, God, anoint me. Oh, God, I've got to have what the people need. I've got back in my room a bunch of letters on summer trouble. The man called me the other day and said, my 15-year-old girl is pregnant. What am I going to do? She will get a doctor and have the baby killed. She will have an abortion. What will I do? Said I called Brother Faulkner. He said, call you. I said, uh, I go to Florence Crittenden home and, uh, and for, for unwed mothers and somebody. Let me tell you, oh, my, my, this old world. Here, how can I face it? And 40,000 preachers take the sword of the Lord. 230,000 odd people, more than that this week, I guess now, with the sword. And uh, unless God does something for me, 80 radio stations and covering most of America, what can I do unless I have the power of God? Uh, God must be awful tired of powerless preachers. God must be awful tired of deacons and no power like Stephen. Wouldn't God sure like to have some Stephens and some Phillips around? Let us pray. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.